Welcome to the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast, where we talk strength training, science, and all things performance for cyclists and triathletes, helping you be a stronger, more savvy athlete now and for many years to come. Here's your host, Menachem Brody. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 131 of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about you want high performance? master this. And this is uh, after the last two months. Uh, if you're a subscriber here, uh, you'll notice that we haven't uploaded a, a episode here in about a, two months and a week. Uh, a lot of different stuff going on, uh, mostly uh, family and, and health stuff. Uh, thankfully, everybody is okay at this point. But hey, there are times in life when uh, you've got to put family and your health first. And that's what we've been doing here, what I've been doing here. And uh, we're back at it. Now, we have a couple great episodes upcoming. The one after this will be Michael Erickson um, from Scientific Triathlon and That Triathlon Show. We had a really great interview with him. There's a couple other fantastic guests, Chris Hendy uh, from Strength for Endurance, as well as Andrew Coates uh, and Joel Lavallee. Uh, so we've got some really great uh, content coming up for you guys. And uh, look, you've got to be consistent, but there are also times when you have to have your priorities straight. And for me, uh, health and family are number one and two, and then my clients are number three. And then all the content I produce, and, and somebody here had, had mentioned about a year and a half how much content I was putting out, weekly blog post, a weekly podcast, a weekly YouTube channel, and after a while, it gets really tough. And uh, so what we're going to do here is moving forward, we're going to have one definite podcast a month, which is going to be a guest interview, and hopefully we'll have a second, uh, kind of like this, just me sitting down and sharing uh, current thoughts and perspective on things with you, but I can't guarantee that. So if you're okay hearing from me once a month with a guest interview, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and give a review. Uh, hopefully it's a five star, but if it's one star, share your perspective on things. And actually that's one of the things we're gonna talk about today that kind of got me thinking. Uh, I had been ingesting over that time that I was off. It uh, doesn't mean I wasn't doing anything. I was actually going through and spending uh, a little bit more time than I'd like on Instagram and on YouTube, um, surfing through other people's content and really realizing uh, how much of the stuff out there is uh, way more complex than many of us need. And it really has allowed many of us who are new to this to lose our way and lose sight of what it actually takes to master performance. And it's kind of confusing, right? And when I say master high performance, I mean, if you do these things consistently, Throughout the number of years, let's say four years, a full Olympic cycle, that's how my brain works as a strength and conditioning coach and a high-performance coach. I think about Olympic cycles. So maybe not all sports are on an Olympic level, but when an athlete comes to me, for instance, I have a 19-year-old here, uh, first year he's going to be on the Enduro uh, series, we're looking at this as a learning year. Of course, we want to have results, but the main thing is learning about the travel, learning about the different courses, learning uh, how to be a part of that community and to contribute to that community. And going out and having a blast riding their bike fast, going downhill. And when you start to master the fundamentals, results come extremely fast after they've gone very slow. And other people will blow by you. And I kind of tipped my hand already by saying this, but we're going to talk about if you want high performance, you need to master the fundamentals. And the sad, sad, sad truth is that today, the more time I spent on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube over the last two and a half months, the more I came to realize that there are a lot of really good marketers out there who happen to be trainers, 
lying to you and telling you you need to do these really super complex things in order to see performance gains. There is a time and a place for this. And most psychocentric athletes are not there. And here's what we're going to dive into. So we're going to start off with a little bit of feedback, I guess. So there have been uh, two one-star reviews for my book, Strength Training for Cycling Performance, over the last couple of uh, months. And these are what kind of set the wheels in motion, right? Because when someone leaves a review like that, number one, it means they care. They, they took the time to actually write a review because they feel that they need to let other people know uh, how this uh, piece of, of content is. So there's two different parts to this. Number one is an understanding that when you're looking for performance, it's not these super high-end, deeper scientific things that you need to look at, more research. It is truly understanding the basics, not just understanding, but knowing the basics deeply, deeply knowing the basics. And that's really what any type of high-performance training is. And I'm not just saying that as myself. I will name drop a couple. Joel Jameson is one coach uh, who has said numerous times that the better you get at doing the simple things for your athletes, the far better performances they're going to have. It's not these super impressive box jumps. I'm, and now I'm paraphrasing. This is not what he said, but he implemented. It's not these car pulls and tire flips. It is what is the simplest thing that I can do and get really good at that's going to help this athlete. Number one is going to be true recovery. So sleep, bringing down your cortisol levels and managing life stress giving just the minimal dose of training effect, uh, that's going to be effective for your athlete and the minimal amount of conditioning for your athlete on that day at that time, meaning that if an athlete comes in and they're walloped, you got to know, one, how do I pull them out of this hole? And two, how do I build them up from today? Is today a building day or we just need to pull them out of the hole? And this is where uh, high-performance recovering training comes from. This is where uh, recovery day comes from, which many people do incorrectly, myself included, for many years. I had read and I had understood, but I didn't deeply know what a recovery day was until life circumstances changed and it really had to be forced upon me. Where I was like, I really cannot push because if I do that, I'm I can't do my daily tasks. I can't train my athletes. I'm going to be walloped. So I need to be smarter. And it, again, it took me a couple years of banging my head against the wall, Mark X, bang head here, to actually truly understand what a recovery day was. And granted, I had taught it to other athletes who had done it really well. I was very poor at actually executing it myself. And what I saw as I consumed the boatload of content the last two months was a lot of super high-end, fancy-schmancy, get likes on Instagram, get people to view and share on YouTube because of how crazy it is or, or how cool it looks or how impressive it is. Most of those trainings, most of those exercises are for the ego. They're, they're not for high performance. And what kind of pushed me to make this episode today was actually the second uh, one-star review that I got here uh, about a week ago uh, that said, uh, lots of filler content. And it's funny because my initial response to this was to go grab my book off of the shelf and to start looking through it and to say, okay, here's somebody who, who's clearly read some stuff. So is this filler? And then as I was about halfway through, the light went off, the light bulb turned on. 
And I said, that's what I've been seeing online. In order for it to be high performance, people have been lied to and marketed to, to believe that it has to be these super complex items and exercises that take coordination and power and, and max effort all the time. And it's really not. It's really just learning the fundamentals and getting really ridiculously good at them. Joel Jameson has talked about that. Uh, one of the guys I spent a, a, quite a few days with, Lauren Landau, talked about that. Uh, Tony Gentilcore talks about that. Or Cressy talks about that. These are all highly respected names in the game. I'm not quite there, and that's all right. It took them you know, many years to get there. But these are other people who have been around. Like Dan John, geez, Dan John talks about just what is the simplest thing you can do that's going to get you there. And as we go through, you know, I'm, I'm looking through the book here, and uh, it, it is really that that was like a lightning bolt. I say the light bulb turned on, but it was a lightning bolt of fundamentals have been come to be seen as filler. Huh? Isn't that interesting? And I look at some of the the great coaches that I know. I've seen them in person. I learned from them in person. And a lot of their content is the fundamentals. But if you watch it and you understand the layers of complexity that they're able to share in a very simple form, it's a deep understanding of, of how things work. And... I went back through and I tried to find my notebook when I first started sketching out the book in, in 2014 and I couldn't find it. So this book, what a lot of people don't know is this book actually took about seven years to write from the time I started sketching things out to 2017 when I had an intern come and he looked through the first draft, which was horrible, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. But he took the time to actually read through it. Asher was like, look, there's some really great information here. It needs to be tidied up. He's being very polite, but it needs to be tidied up. But there's some really great information in here that I didn't even know. And, and he's coming with a background of, of some knowledge of fitness and, and performance. And to write a book like this, it takes a lot of time. And one of the reasons I self-published, actually the reason, uh, is because when you look at most of the fitness books out there, when it comes to strength training, there's about 35 to 50 pages of background, which is very, very shallow. Uh, and then the training program with lots of big pictures and explanations. You know, I did an Instagram post a number of months ago with the uh, Max Muscle Plan 2.0 by Brad Schoenfield. Uh, and most of his book, you know, first 50 pages is information that he skims the top and gives you the, the nuts and bolts the bear needs to know and then gets into the program with a page dedicated to each exercise. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted this to be a desktop uh, reference for everything from beginners to advanced. And of course, it, we, the advance, we need another book. There's absolutely no question about it. We, we need another book because this is the fundamentals. So we went through, we talked about the importance of strength training, uh, learning strength training basics, performance limiters and response time, special considerations for women, foundations of a healthy spine, and the fundamental five plus one movements. And what's interesting out of all this is the ones that I've gotten the most emails or, or messages about is the foundations of a healthy spine. Like, why is this in here? And... Why, why are you talking about the spine? Well, how many cyclists do you know have back pain? Oh yeah, a whole bunch, but that's part of our, our, our sport of cycling. Well, no, it's not, it's, it's not. It has to come down to understanding of things. And that's where the fundamentals I think are lost. So let me get back on to the script here for today. When we talk about high performance, the track national track program I'm working with, I've got a, a couple of, of guys and gals that are super talented, very strong. 
And we're working our way through the very basics of uh, fundamental movements. We're talking about 2-1-1-1 tempo front squats, 2-1-X-1 front squats. We're talking about uh, how to land for a box jump and absorb force. We're talking about the ability to press with one arm or pull with one arm with no movement anywhere else in the body. We're talking about the McGill Big 3 variations and building our way up to be able to handle the, the forces that we need to produce for the more advanced. But we're a, a year and a half in, and these are highly body-knowledgeable athletes that we're just now getting to the, the, the end of fundamental movements. We haven't gotten into anything fancy. And the returns on the bike are absolutely fantastic. Same thing for the basketball players. Now, I will say when it comes to basketball players, I am not the, the most uh, aggressive when it comes to loading them with explosives and, and plyometrics. Uh, and I could probably do a little bit better there. But most of the athletes that I get with are coming to me because they've had some type of injury before and they're looking to get back to performance. And this is where most of our, our cyclists and triathletes are, right? Most of us are middle-aged, anything above the age of 25 to 30 and up. So middle-aged, I'm in that group. You know, middle-aged is essentially the prime of your life. So between the age of 25 and 60, you know, that's a fantastic place to be because there's so much more that you can do, so much more you understand. But we all get lied to and fall for this needing to do more complex things. So one specific thing that I included in the beginning of the book and I was very explicit about is that you do not need to do Olympic lifts if you'd like to see progress. And this is true for most of us who are not juniors or aspiring professionals. Aspiring professional cyclists do need the Olympic lifts in parts. They've got to learn how to do it properly. And that's the tough part is... The technique needs to be where it needs to be. But when you have people who are on the bikes 10, 12, 15, 18 hours a week, because of the postures and positions they're in, it takes time to get them to be able to move well. So we've been doing lots and lots of sets of three, four, and five with a, a wooden stick or an empty junior's barbell weighing 10 kilos, just working on the technique, working on the movement. And the question is, why don't we load the bar? Why can't we add load? How do you feel? Are you consistent with your movements? Not yet. We need to keep building. We need to keep building. It takes time to get people there. It takes repetitions. But you know what? It's boring. It's really, really boring to do the fundamentals, even different variations. But that's how you get really strong and get max performance. Louis Simmons, uh, may he rest in peace, is another name. Louis Simmons uh, owned and operated Westside Barbell until his passing here uh, at the beginning of April 2022. And his program was 20% of the time were the main lifts, squat, bench press, and deadlift. And 80% was spent on accessory, mastering the fundamentals. There wasn't any really fancy schmancy stuff there. It's just getting really good at the basics, different variations of the basics. Pause box squats, keeping tension, sled pulls. These are really fundamental movements done really well over a, a certain amount of time and keeping the athletes injury free. That's what it was all about. That's what high performance is all about. That's why there's a chapter about the spine. That's why there's a chapter about the important uh, adaptations for women. But so many people nowadays see fundamentals as filler. I've read probably two or 3,000 
books on fitness. I'm not exaggerating. You, you can ask my wife. You can ask my previous roommates. Uh, you can ask my parents. I literally read through probably uh, close to 2,000. I actually won't go over 2,000. Just thinking about how many years I've been reading about it. I, I've definitely consumed over 15,000 hours uh, of content of some kind fitness-related in my time in the fitness field over the last 17 years. And there is so much to be said for the lack of fundamentals. This ju- just gotten worse, and cyclists and triathletes are getting the brunt end of it. You are really, you're, you're getting pounded in the face with this, do this for more explosive work, and do this TRX, and you, if you understand the fundamentals of the movement, and you look at the people who are demonstrating it, they don't have, it's one thing to execute a movement, and another thing to do it properly. So they don't have stability. Even if they're on a TRX with their feet in there, there's not enough stability or good postures there. You see them really struggling to go through and show this, even though they're smiling and happy and doing all this stuff and saying, oh, this is going to make you a better cyclist. They're missing the fundamentals that underlie the ability to be able to stay resilient and injury-free and, and lifelong performance, not just one season get injured and then out or two seasons and then an overuse injury. And it's difficult. Because who wants to master the fundamentals? I want to do the cool, I want to do the cool stuff. I want to have 30,000, 100,000 views on Instagram or YouTube. I do very much. But every time that I go to record and I have these one or two things on my, my set list, like I'm not doing that because that's so far gone. I can think of maybe two people in the last 15 years who that would apply to. Why would I put that out to the masses? Because I want to get likes. And yet that's where our world is now. Jonathan Goodman, who uh, founded the Online Trainer Academy, had a great uh, email here at the end of the month, April 30th. You know, you can go out. The new thing now is to, to embarrass people, uh, call people out for being dumb on uh, social media. And yeah, you could do that. You know, it gets a lot of likes for showing somebody doing something stupid, but is that really helping promote? And the answer is no. And, and I try and run a, a clean business here. Uh, I know that I've, I've been critical of some things online, but I don't mention the people. I, I just mentioned that this piece of content is popular. If you figure out who that person is, it's not a, a gist against them. And I say that numerous times in that one episode that I did that. And the reason I made that episode is because it's getting to the point where some of these things are actually dangerous. And knowing and understanding the fun- fundamentals and having had an injury myself from doing stuff like that, it's essentially, hey, you're going to get hurt. This is something that is not smart. I understand this person thinks it is, but they're missing the fundamentals. I'm missing some fundamentals also. You ask me how to build a track program for uh, the metabolic side of things. I don't have a clue. I don't know. Don't ask me. My ego is not in this. You want a road program, a gravel program? Cool. Come on over. You want a mountain bike program? Let's talk because I need to understand your sport better. I don't know everything. So if you could, please let me know. Uh, exactly what your sport is like, and let's go on this. Let's try it for two months, and if at any point you feel that I'm not the right coach for you, let's move on. Let's find you the right one. But that's not the way the world works, unfortunately, in fitness. It's, I need to build my certain people. I need to be protective, and I've seen this. I've reached out to some people to interview them, and I get a response first. Hey, I'm interested. Let me do a little bit of research on you, and then they either never email me back, or a couple of them have said, hey, you have your own brand. I'm not interested in building your brand, just mine. And I'm like, are you Really? The whole point is to gain knowledge and share. I'm not trying to steal people from you. Dude, there's hundreds of millions of people riding bicycles looking for information out there. 
And that's where we have this need in human nature to be seen as advanced, intelligent. <sighs> the basics, that's filler. That's too basic for me. Why, why would I ever, why would I do that? Why would I want to do the basics? I need this fancy exercise. Well, have you learned how to land properly? Why do I need to learn how to land? It's jumping. Okay. Have you learned how to squat properly? I can squat 165 pounds for a set of three. Thank you very much. Have you learned how to squat properly? Have you learned how to deadlift properly? And the basics are missing. And it's not just cycling and triathlon. Uh, it's also in, in general fitness. Uh, there was another well-respected coach who did a post. I won't mention who she is. Uh, but essentially, she was very politely saying a lot of trainers nowadays don't even know how to properly coach a basic push-up. How sad is that? We've lost our way for this research. And, and, and you know, and I had somebody the other day say, well, the research says that uh, uh, shorter crank arms are better. I said, fantastic. That's what the research says. Does it work for you? And we had just had a week where they were on 170 cranks and a week they were on 177.5. And guess what? 177.5, better power out outputs, better feel on the bike, and much better for them. It comes down to not just what research says, but what works for you. And we've lost that. So if you want high performance, here are the three things you need to master. Number one, the fundamental five plus one human movement patterns. Push, pull, squat, hinge, press, and rotary stability. That's number one. Do the basics really, really well, especially when you're tired. Number two, make sure that you are getting enough recovery and that your training, your strength training, is complementing your on-bike training. Doing high-intensity interval training for your strength training is going to hit the same energy systems you're already getting a ton of work on on the bike. There is a way to do it in season or out of season that you can complement it, but it needs to be done intelligently so that you're either getting a stimulation or a development, and you've got to be able to get the recovery sessions in. And I can tell you, the athletes that I do give the strength training program and do the high-performance recovery trainings on Saturday or Sunday when I give them, nine times out of 10, eh, eight and a half times out of 10, after two or three weeks, they say, wow, I, this is incredible. I feel so much better on Sunday or Monday after doing that HPRT session. Like, But it doesn't look like anything. I skipped it for so many weeks because I just thought it was kind of like a stretching routine, but this is something else. That's mastering the fundamentals of understanding how to unwind your body and bring it back to a normative state so that it can recover and come back the next day or week stronger. Number three is to find what works for you. And I think that was one of the things that I really struggled with in, in, in writing this book. And the editor actually did a fantastic job. She was highly experienced uh, the second time around here. She was very highly experienced and she did a great job of really making it so anybody can pick up this book and understand how to put together a training program, whether you're advanced and subsequently leave a one-star review, <laughs> uh, or you're a beginner. You can pick up this book and easily plug and play because you understand the variables and how to make the training yours. Three to five minutes of rest, which one is better for you? I don't know. Try five minutes for two weeks and then try three minutes for two weeks. Which one made you feel better? Which one did you actually feel better going through? Which one did you see results in how you're moving? And we'll add a fourth one here of how to get high performance from your training. And that is making sure that you're not concerned 
with the power number necessarily, but the perceived exertion and how the exercise is done, not the weight on the bar. And we had a really good interview with Hunter Allen here a couple of uh, uh, months ago now. I think it was in the 70s, if I'm not mistaken, where we talked about common mistakes of training with power. And uh, it was essentially the same thing as we talked about here. It's just mastering the fundamentals. And to paraphrase for him, too many people are worried staring at their power numbers instead of going out and using that as a confirm or deny that I actually got what I needed to. Oh, that, that was a, definitely a VO2 max effort today. And you look down and you go back through your interval average power. You're like, wow, that was 15 watts lower than what I normally do. Okay, cool. It feels like VO2 max today. So maybe I should just do the minimum dose instead of pushing. As opposed to, ah, oh, this feels awful. It's an 8 out of 10. I need it, but I'm 15 watts lower, so I have to go even harder. And just nailing yourself to a wall. It's not how it works. So we're going to wrap up the episode 131 here. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back on a regular posting schedule with you guys and gals. If you haven't already picked up my book, Strength Training for Cycling Performance, please do so. Leave whatever review you feel is appropriate. If you feel it is truly a one-star book, leave it a one-star review. But leave me an information as to why you feel that because that will help me understand who's reading the book, try and figure out how do I connect the dots here for those who are reading it, and how do I do better? And of course... We want to make sure that it is a, a kosher, so to speak, feedback. So um, that's the hard part, I think, for this. A lot of people tend to get behind keyboards and get really nasty. Um, as long as it's constructive criticism, man, it's all fair game. I hope, and I did my very best at that time to try and make this a five-star book for anybody who picked it up. But if I miss the mark, let me know why. Let me know how I can do better. If you prefer to email me instead of write a public review, that's totally fine. But I want to know, how can I do better by you? Because this is all a journey. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what's going to work for you. But the more you share with me, and I can put into my little brain computer, the better I can do for you guys and gals. So until next time, remember, train smarter, not harder, because it is all about you. Stay safe. Rubber side down. See you next time. That's it for this episode. Check out humanvortextraining.com for more great content and to keep learning.